I know the leagues. I know the teams. I know these players. I know this wonderful game called football. It's time for a value bet. Oh, this is when the cream rises to the top. This is when things get up. The largest sports wagering angles you need to know. Stats, records, rankings, weather. If the goalpost is tilted just a little bit. Value bet on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. You can bet your children's unborn children's children on these six games. Value bet. This is America's premier sports information program. Here's Jonathan Hood. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Value Bet with me, Jonathan Hood. Time to take a look at the best plays for college football. Say what's up to you guys. Let's see on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show as well. We do this every week on the Under the Hood Podcast. Download and uh, check out the Under the Hood Podcast. Subscribe. That way you never miss an episode of Value Bet. As I call Gary Seegers from Winning Cures Everything. Dot com. Follow him at Gary WCE. Let's get the best plays for college football right here on the Under the Hood Podcast. And there we are with Gary Seegers from Winning Cures Everything. You can follow Gary on Twitter at Gary WCE. And, of course, the BetUS show that he does, we're going to talk about that as well uh, as he joins us here on Value Bet. Gary, as always, I appreciate your time. Oh, you know, my friend, it is always a pleasure. Any chance I get to talk to you, I am going to take advantage of that opportunity for sure. Tell us about BetUS. I want to get this on the front end because I was watching your show the other day and you informed us of, man, you opened up the Red Sea for me. There's a website you told me about regarding how you can watch all of your, watch all your games on one website where you could find out where your games is airing. Schedules.com is where it, they have the entire schedule along with where every single game is. But there's another one called CFB.guide yes. that actually puts it into a not a spreadsheet, but where it kind of it shows it interactively, right across the entire day, every single channel, what games they're going to have on, etc. So that way you can look at exactly what channels you have uh, because some people don't have all of them for sure. Uh, but that way you can go and look and see exactly what games you got, what games are on your television and, and whatnot. It's it's really awesome. CFB.guide is just my favorite find thus far this season. How did you do last week uh, from a, a gambling standpoint? Uh, so on the BetUS show, 5-2 and two against the number last week for me. So not too shabby. I'm 10-4 and four so far on the season. Mm-hmm. And the show itself is 26-11 and 11 overall. Ooh. Parker is 10-2 and two and Kyle is 6-3. and three. Uh, Excuse me, 10-4 and four and Kyle is 6-3. and three. Uh, So yeah, 26-11. and 11, That's over 70% against the spread. So we're we're rolling right along. We, we hope that we can keep that going this week. Any game that surprised you last week that raised your eyebrows and said, oh, I didn't expect that? How about, how about BYU-Baylor? Did that surprise you at all? Not really, uh, because I I was still waiting to figure out about Baylor, right? Are they going to trust Blake Shapin? And his decision-making in that ball game kind of – I'll tell you this. They didn't trust him in the fourth quarter. If you go look – at the quarter-by-quarter stats, uh, which you can do over at Stat Broadcast, uh, they had 13 runs to four passes in the fourth quarter. 
And then, my gosh, at the end of that ball game where he throws the ball out of the back of the end zone, didn't even give his guy a chance to come down with it. I mean, just absolutely bonkers. Uh, but, no, I, I didn't really – I wasn't surprised by that because BYU is a good team. I mean, I've got them going 10-2 and two this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, that's – I'm hoping that they can get a win this week because I, I need them to go over the 8.5 that they were. <laughs> but, you know, that's a, that's a whole different deal. No, I, I was not surprised by BYU. Uh, even without the two wide receivers, they are really good in the trenches. And they had an advantage over Baylor in that spot. Uh, I think they had the better quarterback. That's a, that's a good football team over in uh, over Pro Bowl. Gary, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Nebraska and the changing of the guard there with Scott Frost being fired. We've talked about you know certain programs in college football that believe that they were born on third base that deserve to be in the mix of the national championship every year. That, that, that loss against Georgia Southern, I know it was... Um, you know, it's one of these things when Nebraska fans believe that they should always win 10-plus games, that they should always be in the championship picture. But for Scott Frost, you know you know how this works. You hire the legend, you got to fire the legend. And I know that Frost meant a lot to Nebraska, but you just can't lose in that, in that situation. And on top of that, I don't know how this gets better. The same thing I say to Notre Dame fans as well. Notre Dame fans think they're going to be back in the Lou Holtz era, that they'll always... It's just, it's just not in the cards because it all comes down to recruiting, bodies, difference makers. And I just don't see those pillars in programs like Nebraska or Notre Dame. I think uh, you're, you're 100% right. I think the biggest thing for Nebraska fans is you have to redefine what success is, right? That's the biggest issue for them. Uh, it, it was a little surprising to me, obviously, since the buyout that Scott Frost was you know, set to get is $15 million right now. And on October 1st, it drops to seven and a half. But I think that they went ahead and fired him, one, to go ahead and pay him more money, which we can get into a whole other discussion as to whether or not universities should be just throwing around seven and a half million dollars. But we know who's actually paying. It's the boosters and whatnot. It's, you know, it is what it is. But I'm wondering if they're not trying to keep that relationship uh, pretty good and keep him from embarrassing himself even more than he already has, right? They want him to still be a valued and treasured alum of that school because of what he did on the field, not exactly what he did as a coach. I don't think it's impossible to win in Nebraska. We've seen Iowa make Big Ten title games. We've seen Wisconsin do that. Those guys have the same issues with recruiting as Nebraska. You just need somebody in there that's going to have some kind of an identity that is going to be able to build a culture. And, and that's why the names that you're hearing with this are Lance Leipold and Mark Stoops and guys that have been able to build it. And it doesn't necessarily matter, the talent. Obviously, it helps if you have some more in there. But guys that, that understand what it takes to build a program that doesn't necessarily have all of the advantages. But Nebraska does have some advantages. I mean, they got money, and they have got a huge fan base. And Obviously, they're going to be in one of the top two premier leagues. I, I think I think they can get somebody that they want. I, I am all over Matt Campbell on this job. I, like I think that he is it just perfect for it. Uh, but we'll see uh, what he ends up doing. He obviously has enjoyed his time in Ames. I'm I'm a little curious if the extra money and knowing that you're going to be in one of those two premier leagues is enough to pry him away. All right, my friend, let's take a look at the, uh, the top three games we're looking at for college football for this weekend. I cannot wait. 
How about this one? Let's do Michigan State against Washington. As Michigan State travels to the Pacific Northwest, what's your read in this game, and what's the, the spread at this point? I have heard so many people talk about the fact that uh, Washington wasn't any good last year. Uh, you know, Big Ten teams don't lose to Pac-12 teams, etc. I am here to tell you that Washington is a good football team. They already had the pieces in place. They just needed a competent head coach. And with the transfer portal the way that it is now, you can kind of rebuild a team overnight there. Uh, that's exactly what Kalen DeBoer did. DeBoer, of course, the former head coach over at Fresno State. But before that, he was the OC at Fresno State before becoming the OC at Indiana. So he has been in the Big Ten, and he was successful under Allen there. So he knows what the Big Ten is all about. And, of course, now he's got Michael Penix, the Indiana transfer, coming in. Got six touchdowns, only one pick on the season. They look fantastic throwing the football. That offense is really something to behold. I I look at this game, and there's a bunch of trends and whatnot, but I don't know that any of them necessarily mean anything with how new the two head coaches are. The line currently sits at three. Uh, I took it at three and a half. I, I bet it at one. I bet it again at two. I took it on the BetUS show at three and a half in favor of Washington. I, I like Washington a lot in this spot because we all know what the weakness has been for Michigan State, and that is the secondary. Yes. Well, now you've got injuries, right? you got the wide receiver, uh, Jaden Reed. He's hobbled. you got the linebacker, Snow, that's out for the year now. you got the safety, Henderson, that's uh, dealing with some issues. And you you got some studs that are dealing with injuries, and now they got to go on the road to Seattle, which is a tough place to play especially when that team is good. I I really like Washington uh, because I, I don't think Michigan State can stop the pass. So that, that's my biggest issue here. Uh, Michigan State, by the way, the trends certainly favor uh, some of their stuff. 6-0-1 against the spread in their non-conference games in the last seven. Uh, but Washington, 0-4 uh, against the spread in their last four against the Big Ten. They are 1-5 against the spread in their last six against winning teams. However, however, Michigan State, 1-5 and five against the spread in their last six against the Pac-12. And Washington is 7-2 and two against the number in their last nine non-conference games. I, I'm all over the Huskies here. I really like them in this spot. Yeah, I would say, too, Gary, that the you mentioned the secondary is, is interesting. I would say that I expect, even though... I know that Washington can throw the football and be able to extend plays. I think that they have a dynamic duo that can run the football to try to wear down Michigan State as well. I think their running game will come to play in this one. I think if I'm playing it, I like, you know, on the surface, the money line play for me is Washington. But you think they can win by seven or more, right? Something like that, even even oh, with Michigan absolutely. State on the road? Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that this is a, a, a coming out party for DeBoer's program. Um now, I'll tell you this. If you're going to play Michigan State, why play the three? Like, why not just play the money line at plus 140, mm-hmm. right? That that seems like it would make more sense. And you're right. I mean, they've certainly got a a really good dynamic duo with Berger and, uh, and Broussard there. Yeah. But I, I still believe Washington is able to stop the run. They've got some dudes on that defensive line. I think they're going to be fine there. I, I don't think that Michigan State can stop what Penix is able to do, you know, in the passing game. Uh, because now that he's actually got a healthy offensive line, which he never had at Indiana, uh, he's just a completely different player. Like, he is dynamic and he is fantastic. 
So help us out here in the Midwest with Notre Dame. Notre Dame against Cal. Notre Dame is an 11-point favorite. The over-under I have is is at uh, 40 and a half. Obviously, Notre Dame has been reeling. Hey, how about that number, right? Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. 40 and a half? I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> we, nobody yeah. can score, right? Yeah, that's. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. If you, if on the Seegers scale, would you set at four and a, forty and a half? Because Notre Dame's eleven point favorite, and so the you see Notre Dame. They've been reeling the last couple of games, zero and two after losing against Marshall last week, and so a lot of head scratchers there. Freeman uh, is now zero and three. Lost the bowl game. Now the first couple of games. How do you see this matchup? Well, I'll tell you what I've been surprised by is Notre Dame not exactly great in the trenches on either side of the ball. They cannot get any kind of push to run the football. I don't think you're going to do that against the Justin Wilcox defense at all. Uh, and Cal is really surprising with Plummer, of course, the quarterback that transferred over from Purdue. They've been able to throw the ball pretty well this year. Now, they didn't look great last week against UNLV, but I think that might be a surprise team there at UNLV. They got Ricky White from uh, Michigan State. Uh, to transfer in over there, and he is just lights out as a wide receiver for UNLV. Regardless, going back to Cal, we know that they can play defense. Now they got a little bit of offense to go with it, and that's terrifying in this spot. If you go back over the last 10 years, when you have a spread that is below 42 points mm-hmm. and you've got a team that is a double-digit favorite, the underdog is covered over 60% of the time. Uh, I, I like Cal to cover here. I don't know that they win the game because I think Notre Dame is in desperation mode. Uh, but I would I would certainly take Cal plus the 11. I mean, my gosh, I, I really think this could be down to the wire uh, because I don't think Notre Dame is that good. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Were you perplexed by the 11? Just based on uh, everything that you said is, is correct when it comes to Notre Dame and their lack of... I would say lack of weapons offensively. I mean, I go that far. Are, were you surprised at the 11? I was a little bit. Um, but when you look at recruiting rankings and all the, all, the, all the priors before the season that come into a line like this, yeah, it, you don't just immediately jump off of Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame would have been favored by 20 if they had won that game last week. Yes. So the fact that it's all the way down to 11, that's, that's a different deal. Uh, the strength of schedule is certainly one thing to pay attention to. Obviously, Notre Dame has played a good Marshall team and a obviously really good Ohio State team. And Cal has played uh, UC Davis and uh, UNLV. So yeah. not exactly apples to apples here. But still, you know what you're going to get from Justin Wilcox and Cal. Like it, The offense isn't going to be great, but it looks like they're a little bit better without Garbers at quarterback. And if they can move the ball at all, they can absolutely stay in this game. Gary, is there any value on the total? I, I, not right now. I mean, I would still lean to be under, but, man, it's so hard to take an under under 40 points. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, I'll tell you this. Uh, the the total for Iowa, Iowa State last week was 40. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that ended, what, uh, 17-point total? Yes. And, and thank you very much. The Iowa State cashed, by the way. That cashed. Yes, it did. Yes, yes it did. Ah, I'm pretty good about yes. that. One. Yes, that's so did I. I took I took the advice because I listen to Value Bet. Wait, wait, I'm co-hosting Value Bet. Um, <laughs> um, BYU against Oregon. Oregon is a three and a half point favorite against BYU. Okay, before we get into this, I'd like you to tell me how this started off. Um, when the line first came out, where is the public money going? The ebb and flow of it. Well, 
All right, so uh, I am actually pulling that up as we speak right now yeah. um, because it, it has changed uh-huh. uh, a little bit throughout the week, right? As it sits right now, BYU has 68% of the money and 79% of the bets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the line is still sitting at three and a half. Here's what I'm terrified of. BYU, big emotional revenge win last week, and you know how tough it is to play in UT. Yes. Oregon against Georgia never had a shot because Georgia came out and scored on, what, their first seven possessions, scored touchdowns on the first set. So they're down 49-3 to three almost immediately, it feels like. Yeah. Georgia was able to do anything they wanted, so you didn't see exactly what type of team Oregon was. Now, Oregon was able to get inside of uh, – they, they had scoring opportunities multiple times. So the scoring opportunity is getting a first down inside the opponent's 40-yard line. And I think they did that five times against Georgia and, and were not able to capitalize except for one field goal. I, I look at this. Oregon put up 70 points last week against Eastern Washington. And, no, Eastern Washington is not BYU. Uh, I would lean BYU here because I think in the trenches BYU is better. But – Emotional letdown spot for them. Oregon wanting to make up for how bad they looked in week one. This one's going to be on national television on Fox at 3.30 Eastern. I think when I look at this, I mean, I might would have to ride Oregon. I, it, it, I'm staying away from it. I'll tell you that much. I just want to see what they look like. I, I've got to know if Romney and Nakua are back, uh, the wide receivers for BYU. Yeah. Uh, they're still being kind of mum on that. They're going to be game time decisions, I believe. Uh, but they, I mean, they hadn't really gotten to practice this week either. So, I mean, who knows what we're going to see on this? I'm, I, I'm very interested in this one because just the emotional aspect of it with BYU coming off of an overtime win late at night against Baylor last week, uh, it might be tough for them to get up two games in a row. I, I, my my play is Oregon straight up wins the game. So that that's my money line play. I just have to figure out by the time we get to game time, Gary, what's the total, and I'm just gonna keep my eyes on it. But I'm I'm telling you that I believe Oregon wins the game. BYU and Baylor was a slobber knocker, and we knew that was gonna be a game, a great game. BYU at night uh, in that stadium, Provo. I think Oregon just wins the game. That's that's their speed, or you know, Georgia's not their speed. BYU can be. Yes, I, I agree with you. Bo Nix looked awful against Georgia, but yeah. he has looked awful against Georgia every time he's played them for four straight years. Yeah. Like, it's just not looked good. Last week, against Eastern Washington, 28 out of 33, 277 yards. He had five tutties. Uh, but the team had 48 runs for five and a half yards per clip. Like, they feel good about their running game. I think they'll be able to get a little something going against BYU. Maybe not much, uh, but enough to be able to get the win. Uh, at, at three and a half, like there's no way I'm touching it with that hook. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little curious if the books are trying to bait people into betting BYU, and, and they certainly have with their pockets already. I mean, 79 percent of the bet, 68 percent of the money on BYU. I, uh, I think that they want people betting BYU. That's why that line has not moved. I, I would, uh, I would, I would look at Oregon here. I'm, I've gone back and forth on this game. Now that you got me later in the week, I'm, I'm. I would wonder about Oregon on this one. You're not going to touch it, but you are wondering. You're pondering, you see. I, I am. I am. <laughs> you're you, something else. If that else. hits three, I am all over it. I am all over it. But that half point, I'm staying away. <laughs> I'd like for you to get in your rocking chair, Cousin Gary, and I want you to 
give me some theories about a game that may not mean something to a lot of people, but it means something to me as an SEC guy, and that's LSU and Mississippi State. I just think that that could be a, a, a solid fourth screen experience in my hood cave here, maybe maybe down the line, maybe fourth screen. Uh, it's not a main event matchup, but it's the SEC, so obviously I'm interested. Mississippi State's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Give me some theories about this game. So I think that Mississippi State is vastly underrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are a really – they're one of the oldest teams in college football outside of uh, probably BYU. And they are experienced. They are deep. And the biggest issue here for LSU is they have not been good against the pass. And it's only been two games, but their secondary is questionable at best. And that is not a position that you want to be in against Mike Leach because they know how to take advantage of that. On top of that, Mississippi State's defense. Zach Arnett running that three three five that he learned over at San Diego State has been awesome. And you want to talk about watching a guy get feisty on the sideline? Uh, he he had a uh, an unsportsmanlike conduct called against him late against Arizona on the sideline, like the defensive coordinator did. So he is fired up and ready to go, and those players eat that up. They have got some good guys on the outside that will be able to get some pressure on Jaden Daniels. I'm LSU, everybody wants to believe. Everybody wants them to be back under Brian Kelly, et cetera. They still got question marks. They still got issues that they have got to get figured out. And I don't think this is a team that you want coming into your backyard while you're trying to figure stuff out. Mississippi State's on a mission. They are here. Look at some of these trends here. Uh, State is... Five and one against the spread after a spread win, which they got at Arizona last week. They are five and one against the number their last six on the road. They are four and one against the spread their last five against the SEC competition. LSU, same aspect, one and four against the spread after a straight up win. They are 0-3 and one against the number after a spread win, which is what they got against Southern last week. At Mississippi State ain't Southern. Like, right. It's the same team. I like the Bulldogs here a lot on this one. Um, but, it, you know, you bring up the rocking chair thing. I love this uh, this part of the show, by the way, <laughs> because my, my chair does actually rock back and forth. Yes. So I am enjoying <laughs> the, the, the one in my office is uh, is a rocking uh, ergonomic or, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and I'm telling you, uh, Mississippi State is a team to look out for in the SEC this year. Uh, LSU might be in a whole lot of trouble, even though it's going to be a night game in Death Valley. I don't think that team's ready for for Bronto. Uh My my question about Michigan State, and this is a theory, no pick yet, but my what my question is uh, about Mississippi State's defense against Jaden Daniels. I'd like to know what we're going to see there. Can the 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 Mississippi State defense get into that backfield? Can they can they cause turnovers? I don't know the answer to that. Can they can they do enough to bother Daniels? Because that will tell me all I need to know if I'm doing, going to do a first half, second half bet in this one. I will tell you exactly what they're going to do. Okay, they don't even have to get into the backfield. Those those pass rushers on the outside are going to keep him in the pocket, and they are going to make him throw the football. The linebackers that State has in the middle of the field are perfectly fine in coverage. They are perfectly fine at spying a quarterback just like him. Because Jaden DeLora, who played for Arizona, also can run the football. He likes to get outside the pocket. He likes to create, etc. And they kept him bottled up all night and just dared him to beat him down the field, and he couldn't do it. 
it's going to be the same situation here because Jaden Daniels did the exact same thing at Arizona State. He had to be able to get out of the pocket. He had to be able to create something in order for that offense to be successful. It's the same issue at LSU. Uh, he, he is not exactly known as a thrower, so it's not so much getting to the quarterback with him. It is how much can you keep him in the pocket and keep him from getting outside and making something happen with his legs and, and maybe finding a receiver when he's gotten outside of the pocket, right? It, they've got a great wide receiver room. I just don't know that he can get on the ball. Like, that's, that's exactly what State's going to do this week. Gary Seegers, let me just tell you something. If Brian Kelly goes one and two at LSU, nobody will go to his press conferences. Not not coming in late. Nobody will be there. They're already they're already being flippant. Like I'll come, I'll be there on time if you are you know if you start winning. I mean that's rough. That's rough by the Baton Rouge press. Holy cow! That girl with the. Leah Van is her name. She works for the Advocate. And oh. She did explain all of this uh, because she <laughs> she explained that look, Brian Kelly likes to joke. Yeah, they have gone back and forth basically ever since he got hired, uh, and he actually started that press conference early. Like he st- and she got there three minutes before it was scheduled to start, mm-hmm. and he had already started talking to the media. Which, yeah, I guess if I were him and I just lost a game like that, I would probably want to get in and get that thing done and go back to, to working on a game plan as quickly as I could. But, yeah, no, she she explained that they talked afterwards, everything was good, no big deal. But I'm telling you, we you and I talked about Bobby Bear before. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of media that you got down in Baton Rouge. And it's not that they won't show up. They're just gonna show up and they're gonna start asking some real difficult questions. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm just fascinated by this. Kelly with his fake accent when he first got there, and now he's trying to trying to curry favor with the people down there. I just uh, Mississippi State going three and zero possibly, and LSU going one and two makes my heart sing. If that happens, that'd be something else, man. And I know the pressure will be on. Uh, from an LSU standpoint, even one and two, because you know it's the SEC and it counts and people care. So I'm fascinated by this. No, I'm I'm with you. I think it, now. Don't get me wrong. I do believe that they understand it's going to take a little bit of time to clean up that culture. Sure, because it, it was a disaster under Ed Orgeron. Uh, but if you look at at what LSU's got left, you know everybody was talking about. Ah, you know they'll probably go about seven and five. Well, you you start out one and two. We might want to start thinking about that because what, what they've got coming up after this, you, you already lost to Florida State. You beat Southern. But if you lose to Mississippi State, well, you got New Mexico next week. That'll probably be a win. Sure. Then you got to play in Jordan-Hare at Auburn on October 1st. And it's not that Auburn's a good football team, but it, it, if you lose to State and you lose to Florida State, then you can absolutely get beat by Auburn on the road. Then you got Tennessee coming in. You got to play at Florida. You play Ole Miss. You play Alabama. You play Arkansas. You play UAB in your non-conference, and then you play Texas A&M. Yeah, I mean it's going to get real tricky there. <laughs> uh, I just think that's fun. All right, tell people I, I want to promote your Sunday uh, morning chapel show that you have because <laughs> you know as as someone who is not necessarily indifferent to the NFL but needs to have a little something after all the great games on Saturday. What about that Sunday show? Where can we find you? So the Winning Cures Everything YouTube channel, I do a live show on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, so 9.30 Central. And it's basically just recapping like the 12 to 15 biggest or most exciting games 
of the weekend? Like, what were the most surprising results, et cetera? Uh, and it's me going through all the stat boxes and discussing what actually happened, what we can take away from it, et cetera. And I do it at that time, one, because it is somewhat of a church service for us uh, college football fans. <laughs> yes. But also, it, there are so many people that do these instant reactions late on Saturday night. But I am I am not staying up for these late night instant reactions. Like I'm still trying to process exactly what has happened throughout the day on Saturday. And so I just I, I go through the night and I prepare all of my information. I look and see exactly what happened in all these games. And I've got five TVs in my man cave, so I'm trying to keep up with as much as I can. Mm-hmm. But you can't watch everything at one time. So I go through and I stay up until about two or three o'clock in the morning. I get back up at eight o'clock in the morning on Sunday, go through and refresh my notes, make sure I'm ready to roll. And then we dive into it at nine thirty central. And, uh, and it is a good time every single time. So winning cures, everything.com or the winning cures, everything YouTube page. That is the best way to find that. Absolutely. So if you need your breakdown of North Dakota state and Arizona and Eastern Michigan, <laughs> Arizona state, my man will be up. What? Getting well, ready even- in a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and and locked in, <laughs> you you'll be locked in. Uh, about a lot, and there's a number of really good games on Saturday night, and of course, my man Gary Seegers will have it all uh, ready for you. Winning cures everything. Follow Gary at Gary W C E for winning cures everything. As always, my friend, it has been my pleasure. Oh, and the pleasure is all on this side of the radio dial, my friend. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. Ah, yes. Gary Seegers from Winning Cures Everything with us every week on Value Bet. Hope that you enjoy your football weekend. College or pro, check out DraftKings. DraftKings.com, DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Just put in the promo code WMVP and enjoy your football weekend. All right. Thanks for checking it out. And thanks for checking out Cap and J Hood mornings, 7 to 10. Central Time on Chicago's Home for Sports ESPN 1000.